VHS files contain spoilers, adult content, and harsh language. Listener discretion is advised. It's showtime. Welcome to the VHS Files Podcast with Jenny Lou. So what do you want to do tonight? Jason. What about pizza and movie night? Eric. I want to rent a movie. And Josh. I want to go to a good video store so I can get a good movie. And this is the movie of the week. Get this pizza movie night started. Hello and welcome back to the VHS Files, everyone. Hi, everybody. I'm Jenny Liu. <laughs> I'm Jason. <laughs> and I'm Josh. My name's Mr. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the movie of the week where we go back in time and look for the almost famous, a bigger quote in the good, the bad, and the ugly of our favorite movies. This week, Jason picked the movie. Yay. And we saw (laughs) Maximum Overdrive. The movie of the week. Hi. My name is Stephen King. I've written several motion pictures, but I want to tell you about a movie called Maximum Overdrive, which is the first one I've directed. Wow. What in the dickens is going on around here? A lot of people have directed Stephen King novels and stories, and I finally decided if you want something done right, you ought to do it yourself. Who was driving it? I don't know. Curtis! It's coming after us! It was my first picture as a director. And you know something? I sort of enjoyed it. What is going on? I don't know! I just wanted someone to do Stephen King right. You want a war? You got one. I just want to get the hell out of here. So come and spend some time with me and my friends at the Dixie Boy. Spend some time in the dark. Please don't let us be in the dark. Help me. I'm going to scare the hell out of you. And that's a promise. You're going to get us in an awful lot of trouble, man. We already in trouble. Maximum terror. Jesus coming and he is Maximum King. Maybe tomorrow will be our world again. Dino De Laurentiis presents Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive. Damn right, Bubba. Goddamn right, <laughs> Bubba. <laughs> Everybody's character's name is Bubba in this movie. They're all Bubba. I'm going to call you Bubba through the whole show. How's that go? There, no, please don't. <laughs> God damn it, Bubba. Maximum Overdrive was released in, on June 25th, 1986, directed by the master of horror himself, Stephen King, who has not directed a movie since. <laughs> and I wonder why. Hey, you picked this movie. Oh, I know I did. I didn't say it was a great movie. <laughs> I just picked it. <laughs> he he decided to direct this because he wanted to do Stephen King right for a change is what his quote was he said everybody else has taken over his uh stories and done them as movies and not done them right so he wanted to do it right this time 
And I bet you he doesn't like that he said that now because this thing was a uh, not a box office success. Based on the short story Trucks, this had a budget of $9 million. The box office in total, $7.4 million. Only three and a half of that <laughs> was North America. <laughs> so almost half yeah. was America. And so, it still lost money. Oh, did not wow. make its money back, and I don't believe he wanted to or was asked to direct a movie since then. This was released amongst the likes of Aliens... Flight of the Navigator, Howard the Duck, and Stand By Me, another Stephen King adaptation of this time. So, it's not 1987, Eric. Are you happy? I'm very happy. All right. Well, take us back to 1986. We're sending you back in time. Whoa, this is heavy. Well, Josh, smoking is banned on all public transport, including trains, planes, buses, and coaches Boo. in the U.S., in 1986, excuse me. <laughs> Just <kidding>. uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of cigarettes, you know what I hate when people leave cigarettes in urinals. So yeah, disgusting, and it makes them really hard to light. <laughs> you have to pick them up and sling them a little bit, uh, right? You gotta squeeze them out. Uh, <laughs> Geraldo Rivera opened Al Capone's secret vault. Uh, in 1986 on television, discovering only a bottle of moonshine. Capone was sometimes known by the nickname Scarface. Uh, for a brief time before earning that name, he was known as Scabface. Ugh. <laughs> that wasn't funny. That was just gross. <laughs> you see him sitting there picking the, you know, gooey scab on his face. Yeah, first two, first two are kind of gross on this one. Uh, Hands Across America was in 1986. Was that that Jordan Peele movie? No, no, and, <laughs> and <clears throat> at least uh, five million people form a human chain from New York City to Long Beach, California, to raise money to fight hunger and homelessness. Uh, this was actually the second effort for the event after the embarrassing failure of the originally planned human centipede across America. <laughs> I like uh, that one. That was a good one. I give you that one, Eric. That was uh, awesome. That Thank takes on new uh, meaning now. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, let's take a listen to this feel-good hit from 1986. Hit it, Josh. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you guys remember, back on one of our episodes, we were talking about Chevy Chase in the music video. Yeah. And I could not remember which one it was. It was How do you song. not know? Yeah, I know it's one of the Yeah, we all knew it was. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah, I just wanted to confirm. I'm an idiot. Confirm. Great video. Yeah. It's funny, some of the best music videos are some of the simplest. Yeah. Yeah, hot. It's just the two of them. They're picking up props and doing all the cool stuff. Just hanging out. It looks like they did like one take or three takes, maybe. (laughs) Just hanging out. Well, the best music video ever is not so simplistic. And that would be Michael Jackson's Thriller. You can fight me. Yeah, I'm not surprised that you brought up Thriller when I talked about a music video. Music videos. (laughs) No, that never happens. Oh, man. Well, you guys ready to do a little bit of trivia from 1986? Yeah. Pop quiz, hot shot. All right. So, in honor of our movie of the week this week, Maximum Overdrive, directed by Stephen King, the seventh annual Golden Raspberry Awards in 1986 
was uh, pretty popular with this movie. Maximum Overdrive received the prestigious honor of being nominated for two Golden Raspberries at the 7th uh, Annual Razzies Awards. And uh, what categories was it nominated for? That is the question. I know. Jason, go ahead. Best Director and Best Actor, or a.k.a. Worst and Worst, by Stephen King and Emilio Estevez. That's right. Jason uh, nailed it. Did his uh, homework here. Booyah! <laughs> what do I win? What do I win? What you don't I win, win anything. What the <laughs> fuck? Respect. Bubba. You don't win because we had to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. Damn you, Bubba. That's what you win is you got to watch Maximum Overdrive this week for the show. <laughs> there you go. I like it. But unfortunately, the Razzie went to Prince. For both categories for his movie uh-huh. under the under the cherry moon, <laughs> worst actor and worst director, Prince. Ooh, God, man. So, as I mentioned, under the cherry moon, it dominated the Razzies with eight nominations. What foul film came in with seven right underneath it? Howard the Duck. Oh, it's a good guess. Foul yeah. felt like a a hint. That's correct, <laughs> man. I'm killing it. Foul. Good work. Good work. Got to throw a little bit of a hint in the question there. You know, it helps everybody. Yeah. Foul. And he did mention Howard the Duck in the movies that were released. So. I did. Garbage so. Pale Kids popped into my head for some reason. <laughs> 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 Let's talk about the, the 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 real award show, the Oscars, a little bit. Steven Spielberg's The Color Purple was nominated for Best Picture in 1986, but lost to Sidney Portier's Out of Africa. But he would go on to win... For Best Picture. Does anybody know what film he won Best Picture for? Uh, is it Schindler's List? That's what I was about to say. It's about the award the goes to Eric for Schindler's List. Yeah! Although Steven Spielberg has not captured any other Oscars for Best Picture, he did get one for Best Director. Do you know what film that was? T-minus 30 seconds. Now Jurassic Park. Fuck you. <laughs> T minus 20 seconds. I can't this, think. This, this did come out close to that, though. Is that AI? 10. No. Nine, oh, that came out way later. 8, 7, 6, I have no 5, clue. 4, 3, 2, no. 1, 0. Close to Jurassic Park. Saving Private Ryan. Oh, duh. Oh. Okay, well, let's get into this big truck movie and uh, talk about (laughs) Maximum Overdrive a little bit. So, Jason, this was your pick for Movie of the Week. Go ahead, start us off. Give us your background with Maximum Overdrive, what you thought about it then, what you think about it now. The reason I picked it, it's a a childhood movie that I loved to watch, watched it all the time. We rented it. I can't tell you how many times, watched it on TV. Main reason... uh, like I said, said many times, I grew up here in Texas. My family owned and operated big trucks that we see in the movie. So I grew up around these things my whole life. Right. Uh, and I learned to enjoy them. I mean, you also have all these other movies that came out before it close to the same time, like Smoking the Bandit. You mean you had the, you had the, the snowman and then you had uh, Steven Spielberg's Duel. Mm-hmm. which is another truck movie way, uh, before, way before this though. Yeah. Convoy with Chris Christopherson. Trucks were like a big deal between the seventies and about the end of the eighties. When was mm-hmm. over the top? Uh, 87, I believe, or mm-hmm. something like that. So you trucks were big deal back then. I mean, growing up here, I mean, we sure. grew up around those and people 
we loved them here. I mean, people made money with those, but I enjoyed the movie. I mean, it's a nice, scary horror movie with big trucks. And uh, I mean, we got Emilio Estevez, which he plays Billy. Well, it's a horror is, movie with big trucks. I don't know how scary it is. Yeah, it's, not, it's well, a it was, good entry level horror film. Yeah, it was like the original Final Destination with the log truck. <laughs> yeah. You know, because people would think they would see these trucks come up behind them after seeing this back in 1986. And they're like, oh, shit, is this truck going to run me off the road? Is the clock on the wall going to come down and kill me? You know, <laughs> are my Sony Walkmans going to make my ears bleed? I just liked it. It's like I, I said earlier, it's not a great movie. It was just a fun movie when I was a kid. That's why I put it on our list. I mean, do I say it's great at all? No. And Stephen King admitted that he was coked out of his mind the whole entire time he did this movie. People have even said that uh, they believe George Romero ghost directed this. This is another situation like Toby Hooper and Spielberg with Poltergeist. Romero yeah. was present on the set for this quite a bit. And that's interesting because I have some thoughts. Yeah. Well, even the people who love Romero are, he is known for certain camera yeah. angles mm -hmm. and they, you see those in this movie and people have pointed out, like you said, and him and uh, Keen were like best friends. Yeah. And I think they had Keen, worked on creep show. Like yeah. either, it was around this same time they were working on creep show together. Yeah. And they said that King was also trying to get help for his cocaine addiction and he wouldn't be gone from the set a few days at a time or during whatever he's trying to get help with. So they think Romero stepped in and did a lot of uh, behind the scenes directing of this yeah. that people didn't know about, but there's still no confirmation. Neither King has never said yes. And Romero's not here anymore. So, yeah. well, let's go over to Eric, Eric. I, was this your first watch for maximum yeah. drive? Ooh. Yeah. I'm anxious um, to hear your thoughts. It's funny because I have no idea how I never saw it. You know, it's one of those just surprise you. It just slips through the cracks. And um, I've heard nothing but, well, I won't say nothing but, but I've heard a lot of trash talk about this movie. So I came in with like the lowest of expectations. I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised. And I thought, <laughs> hold your hand, sir. <laughs> I actually thought it looked pretty good at times. And, and, you know, now I'm intrigued with the Romero theory because there's parts of this film that look good. Like I'm, I was like, damn, like this isn't the piece of shit that I've been, that's been described to me for so long. You know, I, I actually had fun with it. Okay. Yeah. Eric. Woo. Got my back. <laughs> well, I'm going to throw it over to Jenny. Jenny is our resident Stephen King fanatic. You've seen this before. I know, but yeah. So tell me your thoughts on Maximum Overdrive. Well, it's not like Stephen King hasn't written some B horror novels. Right. Because he for sure has. This is really bad. It's really, really bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, famously, King's work does not transfer well to film. Right. Um, oh, definitely. With the exception, I think, of character-based stories where it's just about real terror mm -hmm. you know something tangible in the real world where you get into the supernatural or sci-fi realm anything outside of reality with him it, it doesn't present well in that format right it can't capture the depth of his world building so looking at this one for stephen king as the director can stephen king do stephen king right 
I don't, maybe Stephen King now could, but Stephen King coked out all the time. <laughs> I obviously could not. All right. Well, I'm in the same boat as Jason. I watched this quite a bit as a kid. Don't really know why. It was just something about the fact that vehicles being alive and killing people was fun. Fun yeah, for cool. for a kid. Yeah, it's I mean, fun. That's that's it. And you know, uh, looking at it now with adult vision, <laughs> <laughs> it's got so many problems that it's. I'm going to be bringing up a lot of things here, but. As a kid, yeah, I mean, I could equate this to like, I don't know, like mindless Saturday morning cartoons in a way, even though there's <laughs> kids getting ran over with steamrollers and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think one reason this movie really kind of stood out for me is I, Eric, you are familiar with the area I'm talking about here. I used to live down in the cove and I think you lived down there for a brief period, right? I lived in a cove. But you're familiar with the cove, though, yes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, in this little area of town, there is a drawbridge that goes over to yeah. to the cove area. I lived, you know, like a block away from there. So I would constantly ride my bike back and forth to the downtown area over this drawbridge. And every oh, single man. time I went over this drawbridge, I just thought about <laughs> the opening scene to this movie. And Dude, uh, you're, you're having my phantasm experience, right? <laughs> exactly. Although it wasn't, it wasn't one of those where I was scared to death. It was just one of those like, Oh God, that fucking movie, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that drawbridge scene is an example of something good from this movie. In my opinion, I actually well, like it. <laughs> well, I wish I could have gotten Ginny on tape as we were watching this movie <laughs> because we started this last night and the jawbridge scene starts and she was going nuts about the watermen. <laughs> the watermen. They're, the they're watermen. wasting the watermelon. They drive the entire section of story forward with the watermelons. <laughs> it's like the watermelons yeah. are the gore of that scene. Like you don't see any blood or guts or anything, but you see plenty of smashed watermelons. Yeah, you got yeah. you got watermelons going through windshields. Rolling down the thing, the guy falls out of his car into a into a pile of watermelons. <laughs> <laughs> the carnage, the watermelon carnage. But listening to Ginny's commentary as this shit's going on, and there's the guy who's stuck in the middle as the bridge is coming up, and Ginny's right. like, "Should have got out of that truck, man." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he tries to save the truck, and it's that's, not a good. That's my number two worst fear. Is to fall into it's, a body of water in a car? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, the drowning thing. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I think that would be everybody's, like, top two or three. <laughs> Mine's a watermelon coming in through my windshield. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've already kind of gotten past it here, but, you know, we start the scene of this. The starting scene of this movie is the bank ATM with right. the sign going, you know, saying whatever. And then it starts it's to saying, flash. Fuck you. Fuck it's you. Saying, Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and then we've got... Our director gracing us with his presence in the very first scene of this movie. And honestly, this is one of the things that I remember most about this movie is Stephen King in the beginning of it going, come on over here, sugar bums. This machine just called me an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say one thing for this watch of this movie. I laughed a lot. Yeah. I mean, this movie is funny. Yeah. Like it, it's like a horror real. comedy, really. Like I, it wasn't. I, it, it doesn't seem like it was meant to be that, but it damn sure is a horror comedy. I, I don't know. I think Stephen King has a sense of humor. 
but, but oh yeah he does for sure yeah but the thing is is uh when you read uh any kind of background on this movie this is totally different than the book yes, the short story mm-hmm. he he actually wrote it and then made a totally different movie than he what he wrote in the book because it was, was more of a somber kind of scary feeling and he, this he made it campy he said he did that on purpose yeah. has he, anyone read the, the i've never had no no one here has read it, unfortunately, but I did do a little bit of uh, background on it. Apparently, in this in the in the short story, it's only trucks that are affected by this yeah. comet passing by. I don't even know if the comet's really even present in the story. Trucks, but you know, hence the name trucks. It's only trucks that are coming to life and mowing people down. So yeah. therein lies the first problem I have with this movie: is you're already kind of going out of the scope that was originally set by the story, the way everything starts to play out here, I'm constantly now as an adult watching this movie going, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. There's no fucking way that would happen. Nope, nope, nope. Well, (laughs) the biggest question and, and, you know, inconsistency is what is a machine and what isn't? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And, and I think that they kind of break their own rules throughout the movie. Yeah. Or there's no rule set, which is problematic because you do start questioning things like, how did that dog get a toy car in his mouth? Yeah. Or, you know, how did a pair of headphones kill a guy? Or why isn't that bicycle? My bicycle's a machine, right? Like, if the, if the machine gun's a machine, then a bicycle is too, right? Well, like, I mean... We're talking about electricity or... Right. You know, some things are just simple mechanical machines in this that aren't... Unfortunately, with a story like this, you have to have some sort of logic set in place. Okay, machines are coming to life. Yes, what does that constitute? What kind of machine? Does it have to be an electrical machine? Can it be an you know a, a, a manual, a manual machine like all like of a that bicycle. stuff? Is yeah, <laughs> right. They're just willy nilly with everything here. Because I mean, you've even got when the kids are riding through town, seeing all the bloodshed that's happened. You've got the lawnmower that's run somebody over. Okay, that I can think will qualify. But then you've got ladies falling out of windows with hairdryer cord wrapped around their neck. Like, so, okay. So you're telling me the hairdryer wrapped its cord around her neck and choked her to death. Like it just very inconsistent. Not only that, not even every car. Right. That's life. my problem that I've noticed even years ago about with uh, Connie and Curtis's car. Yep. Yeah. Connie and Curtis's car is never a problem. Neither nope. is the Bible salesman guy. So, yep. you know, the, the gas pumps, appear to be fine uh you know other machines in the in the gas station aren't going crazy some of them are like arcade arcade and then some of them aren't so yeah it's inconsistent i mean this movie's kind of dumb fun you can't overthink it we're talking about it so you can't we're we're here to overthink it so that's what we're gonna do (laughs) (laughs) that's really where i'm coming at watching it this time around i mean i can i can let all that stuff go as a kid because i'm you know not thinking about it it's not something that's ever been a thought in my mind so why even worry about it but now putting this movie under a microscope is not a great idea (laughs) no but just for for anybody out there who may be listening who hasn't seen this, it's about a comet that passes by Earth. Rhea M, I think, is the name of the comet. Yeah, right. Yeah. And we're led to believe that while Earth is in the the dust of this comet for seven, eight days, machines are eight, just going to go haywire. Yeah, eight days, five hours, twenty nine minutes, and twenty three seconds. So we Man, they get, got it down to the second. Right. Mm-hmm. So we get introduced to a group of people in Wilmington, North Carolina, all converging on one particular truck stop. And then it's 
go time from there. It's basically your typical Stephen King stuck in one location yeah. story here. Like, honestly, I liked this movie better when it was called The Mist. Oh, <laughs> oh. shit. That is better. You though. really, I mean, The Mist. Or, or a number of other King movies. Yeah. yeah. Or books. Books, more specifically, like... um Jenny, what's that one that we we like? Um, what's the one that we? What's that one we like? What's we that about one before? Stephen King book that Desperation? we? Desperation. Like? <laughs> I haven't read Desperation. Do you read the follow up to that? The uh... no. Well, I did, and it's about people kind of stuck in the desert. It's a small town, and you get you know a, a colorful cast of characters, just like this, just like the Mist. They're all trying to survive something and evil. Do you read Under the Dome? No. Same thing. <laughs> You need to read those. They're great. I have a fear. This is why I don't read all of Stephen King, because he's going to die, and then there's not going to be any more. So and you're so, not reading and enjoying his books because you want to have something for, to read after he dies? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I want to have it for my whole life. All right. That's fine. What if you die before he does? I was going to pose that question. Well, then I, I won't know. You know? I mean, I'll be dead. So. Or you can be someone like me who's read the first four Dark Tower books and hasn't read the rest of them. ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, book reading for me is quite a task. So What, what are books? Jason can't, Jason can't read, so. I can't read. It's got to have pictures. <laughs> I will tell you how funny Stephen King is. How funny is Stephen King? Today, Stephen King tweeted, I was washing my car with a friend. He said, can't you just use a sponge? (laughs) 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 Two satellite dishes got married. The wedding was for shit, but the reception was excellent. (laughs) Try the meatloaf. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow, Stephen King. There you go. Well, hey, I do have one question. Is this movie in Marvel canon in the MCU? Because the Green Goblin's in it. Is Green Goblin in the MCU? I guess he's about to be, right? Yeah, yeah probably going to about to be. <laughs> we can all that was the thing I always remembered about this movie because yes. that's the only thing I knew from it was Dude. the Green Goblin truck. I mean, Because right here where Josh is talking is when we get the entrance of the Happy Toys truck with the big Green Goblin on the front of the truck with the glowing eyes. Yep. Isn't that weird? It's very iconic. It is, but why Why Green Goblin? Why not just some random... I, like That's the thing. Is, is that some, a- some weird product placement or... I just don't understand why, because we do have, we have a lot of Miller Lite in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's Miller Lite everywhere. Signs, trucks, they're yeah. drinking it the whole time. It's weird because they have, and then they have the 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 Jack in the Box that's also the Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. But you never see any other Marvel stuff. It's just this Green Goblin image. It's just weird. Like you'd think there'd be like a, a comic book rack in the gas station or something. I don't know. That's don't know. The, to me the thing that sticks out the most through the whole movie is, I mean, at, at this time... I was I'd been reading Spider-Man books for years, and then the first thing you see is the Green Goblin coming sure. down the road, yeah. and you're like, "What the?" You know, you're just mm-hmm. freaking out because I mean, I was what nine, ten when this movie came out. So, <laughs> by far the best decision by the filmmakers here is the the Green Goblin truck. It gives you a, a, a focus point on who the bad guys are here. It, it puts yeah. a face, yeah. with the sort of presence that's around everywhere yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's an menacing looking truck besides that i mean it's all black got the blood red interior 
Uh, even I the mean, the clown on the back of it is, is yeah. creepy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it looks even better when it's got blood splattered all over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stephen <laughs> King likes clowns. Let's talk about this uh, Dixie Boy truck stop here and some of the people, the characters within this thing. You got Billy Emilio Estevez's character and Bubba Hendershot, who runs this place. Uh, great job of making Mr. Hendershot the most despicable person in this movie from the get-go. <laughs> there are things that feel definitely Stephen King in this, and his character is one of them. Just yeah. a completely yeah. despicable asshole. Some of the other things that really feel very Stephen King to me are like the um, driverless ice cream truck. <laughs> just going around like that. That was like quintessential Stephen mm-hmm. King, right? Creepy level mm-hmm. is just something like nostalgic from your childhood that would, yeah. scare the, but evil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I, that was one thing that posed a question to me watching this movie is I'm picking apart this movie about machines and cars coming to life. And yet I love Christine. Fucking love Christine. <laughs> yes. and it's about a car. That's that, a whole different. And that's what I want to bring up is. Christine works. No, Christine works in a sense of, okay, this car could possibly be possessed by the spirit of something. Right. Or, it's a simpler idea that's that's right. easier to pull off. Whereas you just tell me, oh, machines are alive. Okay, what the fuck do I do with that? You've got to give me you've got to give me logic with this, or it's not gonna work for me. I like that we have Yearly Smith here, Lisa Stimson. I don't. Uh, well, no, I don't either. She's terrible. But, um, <laughs> dude, you know you loved her, Billy Jean, though. And she was annoying in the uh, we're, Legend we're of not, Billie we're, Jean. We're not talking about the Legend of Billie Jean. We're talking about <laughs> this fucking movie. <laughs> she is awful. But you know what's funny? You you mentioned this Lisa Simpson movie. She got cast to be the voice of Lisa Simpson while she was doing this. Oh, really? Yep. And the, in the season ten of The Simpsons, they did an episode called Maximum Homer Drive. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> So they actually wow. tied the two together. So. Well, to be completely honest, when from the moment she's introduced in this movie, it's like nails on a goddamn chalkboard for yeah. me. Like, yeah, I don't, really I don't like her. Or is it Curtis? Curtis. No, Wanda. Wanda the waitress. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I think I know some people who would. Uh, Jason, you have a problem with women. Who would agree with Wanda in these dark times we're living in? Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. How, how fucking cool is the name Hendershot, though? I fucking I hate the guy, but Bubba Hendershot is one of the coolest fucking names I've heard. In the worst possible sense. Next dog you get, you need to name it Hendershot. Come Ooh. here, Hendershot. God damn it, boy, come here. <laughs> Dude, you do that too well. I, I said I watched this movie quite a bit as a kid. There are, there, you, you, we'll get to them later, but there are quotes in this movie that I still use to this day. Dude, I got a crap ton of them here. So, but uh, yeah, the guy who uh, gets gas squirted in his eyeballs. Yeah. It's not gas, it's diesel. Get it right. You can, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, you really shouldn't look into Is the barrel of it. Is that color? No. It is not, and I had okay. that in my notes. This is evil diesel. That is the, bl- yeah, this is the blackest <laughs> diesel I have ever seen. This is like the bubbling crude that the Beverly Hillbillies hit. Yeah, I'm like, man, I know that some of these, I know that some of these guys were here like to run, you know, the raw diesel and stuff like that, but come on, man. I mean, it comes out, it looks just like cut down motor oil coming out of this, and I'm like, are we trying to make the diesel evil? Most of it is like a reddish color or tints of like that. But I was like, that diesel yeah, is not black. 
Yeah, I guess the, the black makes it scarier. And you never, obviously, like a gun, you don't stick a nozzle to your face. Yeah, so, you, you're much just sweet. asking for it. What you said, you said something about the gas pumps being possessed. Right there they were because it right. squirted him in the face. Yeah, that's right. That's why you also never, if, if the, the, the Coke machine doesn't work, you don't, you don't look <laughs> into the Coke machine hall. <laughs> there were many times I went to a soda machine, and that's all <laughs> I could think was getting nailed in the nards with a soda machine. <laughs> that's the other part of this movie that was definitely like imprinted on my brain was the soda machine spitting those cans out. And honestly, like... Over distance, it doesn't seem like, you know, it's going to be so bad. But when that dude gets nailed in the head and the makeup oh, yeah. they do on his head for that, God, dude, like, it looks great it right looks there. <laughs> yeah, and I love the random steamroller just comes in out of nowhere. Just, <laughs> he just runs over that kid. And that Blasted. scene was supposed to be a lot bloodier. There was yeah. actually, like, a balloon for the kid's head, and when it popped... It like sent blood everywhere, uh, and of course the MPAA, you know, chopped this movie to shit. But it, uh, apparently George Romero even got a little like creeped out by how much blood popped out of this thing when they ran the kid over. And that's from Mister Living Dead himself. Yeah, that's saying something. Yeah, the soda cans, and not only that, you get two kids that get killed by mm -hmm. the soda cans. They're laying there, and then you get the one killed by the steamroller. And we meet Deke, smart kid. He puts the, the catcher's mask on. Yeah, I mean, he's immediately, bam, bam. I mean, he's getting whacked in the face with soda cans, too. But it, like you said, catcher's mask is good. Well, I mean, honestly, he really just, you know, he could move to the left or the right. He'd be fine. Oh, come True. on, man. <laughs> he's a kid. That's, but the actually, one thing that's actually the case for a lot of the people that die in this fucking movie is just zig and zag, buddy, and you're going to be fine. <laughs> yep. Never run in a straight line. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Never. But the one thing right before that I was going to talk about, because in in the state of movies and TVs that we are all enjoy nowadays, I never realized who that was in the arcade. Yeah. We're going to talk about him later, but I mean, even the way he dies, you got mm -hmm. pinball machines going crazy and he touches the machine and it shocks him. Yeah. Right. But you know? I love him. I love him going crazy in the mm -hmm. arcade, packing his fucking pockets full of cigarettes and <laughs> cigarettes. Money, anything he can get his hands Change, on. You know? Yeah. Quarters. Yeah, I thought he was going to get away with it too, but he got hypnotized by hypnotized. the arcade game. Yeah, yeah there's this, me something like out of Halloween three. To woo -woo 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 -woo. There's actually there's a scene in Ninja Three: The Domination that completely rips the scene off. <laughs> oh my god! This is when we meet the creepy Bible salesman and uh, Brett traveling down the road, and he's yeah. getting uh, uh trying to fill her up the whole entire time. Yeah, this guy is bad news. If you didn't think. Bubba Hendershot was a despicable, lowly <laughs> piece of garbage. This guy is definitely right there with him. Yeah. He is disgusting. Yep. And honestly, like that's another thing I want to bring up here is this Bible salesman guy is is completely disgusting. Anytime I look at him, I'm just like, I feel like fucking gross. That feels like a, a Stephen King thing too. Like yeah. when he has like nasty, evil characters in his books, they're always gross. They're always uh -huh. he's always describing them chewing tobacco or their spit mm -hmm. or their eating food or whatever. Well, it's funny well, you say that because that's the note that I have here is there's the scene where he's talking to them in the diner oh, and he's eating and he's yeah. talking with his mouth full. Oh. It's fucking gross, dude. That's really <laughs> yeah. bad. Like, that's something he would write. Yeah, yeah. Like his appearance reflects his like soul, you know, he's mm -hmm. just disgusting, you know, so he's, but he's selling disgusting. Bibles, got a big suitcase that says the Holy Bible on it. <laughs> Even more <laughs> despicable. Cause he's just, he doesn't care about anybody, but. 
Uh, just just him being under this false fucking mask of religious nutbag when he's really just a despicable, gross human being, mm-hmm. you know, like. Well, we get that. We know exactly how hypocritical he is because they get to the gas station or to the Dixie boy. They're sitting there and he's trying to sell the Bible to them. And one of the trucks runs into his Cadillac. Yeah. First words of us was, God damn it. <laughs> he's hollering like the whole entire time. I'm like, wow, well, this changed really quick. <laughs> I mean, you were filling her up in the car. Now you're using the Lord's name in vain. If you're a Bible salesman. Yeah. And even the, the whole exchange when she gets out of the car and he's like, you know, if, he makes it seem like that she fucking owes him something. And oh, yeah. it's just so fucking gross, man. He's yucky. People just aren't polite. I gave you a ride in my brand new car. But like in most movies, the asshole gets what's coming to him because the truck goblin truck cranks up and slams the rear end of the creepy clown face right into him and sends him flying into the, was it like Knocks a retention ditch? Yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. Knocks him out of his shoes. You said something about that when he does it. it, it I guess that's something Stephen King does, is knocks well, people out of their shoes pretty I mean, often. Pet Cemetery. I don't, well, uh, I haven't read that. I've only seen the movie. So. Well, but you know who gets hit. Oh, that's yeah, right. That's right. Same. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah come on, man. Very descriptive. That's right. Oh, look, there you go. I remember Stephen King trucks. Yeah. I remember that scene in that movie was like, my mom will not, my mom would not watch that movie. She's like, my mom had nightmares. Oh no. A kid dies in that movie. What's funny is she's like, Oh, I'm not going to watch that. A kid dies in it. When she's the one who fucking showed me this movie, which was before pet cemetery, mind you. Like, no problem with the kids who fucking die in this one, but no, you, you're not going to kill the toddler. That's, right. that's, that's, you know, pushing the, the line too far. Yeah. Well, because right here is when they start realizing something's fucked up. I mean, we had the knife attack Wanda earlier in the kitchen. They just thought it was something random. I mean, Billy smashes it with a hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this, because Handy, the truck driver that drives the Happy Toys truck, uh, he, he was talking about, I don't know how they did it because they were a hot wire champion because he's holding the keys and that's when they're starting to realize something's really weird here because yeah. things are starting to move around and they still don't really have a clue of what's going on. Yeah. Well, I, I was talking about dirty people and I also want to talk about Billy here, Emilio Estevez, cause God, does he look like a fucking dirt ball in this movie too? And it doesn't help that he's wearing that white shirt with the red blood stain on it for the entire fucking movie. He, well, he, then he climbs through the sewage and then he works for a long time and sweats through it. And yeah. Yeah. You'd think he would have, like, a, an extra shirt somewhere, but I guess not. I mean, I hope when he got back, he didn't, like, cook up hash browns and, you know, <laughs> eggs after climbing through that. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's a short-order cook. It's not like he's going to yeah. look all crisp and clean. Yeah, you know he's I mean? just – and he obviously wor- helps probably work with the trucks. He's working over a greasy freaking griddle all day. Yeah, he's not going to be that clean. So. Well, it's just funny because when when – Brett Ro- comes up to the place and she sees him for the first time. I think Jenny made a comment of, oh, are you made some kind of like, oh, Emilio Estevez. I was like, really? He's fucking looks gross in this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because yeah. that's what like people would say. Um, yeah. Not that I was saying that. Like, he's Whatever. the eye candy of the movie. She's backpedaling. She was all like, damn, I like grimy Emilio Estevez. <laughs> You know that five o'clock shadow ain't my thing. <laughs> he looks a lot like his father. 
I can right see there. It. Yeah. I can see it so much in this movie. And it's what's funny is I'd always known of Charlie Sheen, you know, and, and Martin Sheen being of the Sheen family. But I remember my mom telling me when I was younger that Emilio Estevez was also part of that family. And I was like, well, why are their last names different? But, you know, I used to think Charlie Sheen looked like Martin Sheen. But no, 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 no. Emilio Estevez is like a spinning <laughs> image of him. I mean, it's weird, though, how Charlie and Emilio kind of flip how much they look like their dad at certain ages. Yeah. But, yeah, I would say Emilio does look more like Martin, especially now. There are things in this movie that I think are actually kind of scary and effective, um, although they don't totally always go for very long with it. Maybe it's like just thrill me. Well, <laughs> when when all the trucks start honking at the same time. Yeah, that's uneasy. Uh, that's, that's unnerving. I was thinking like yeah. I was hoping that would go on longer, and I guess you're in a movie. You can't have honking horns the whole time, but. Imagine if they were just like laying on their horns, you know, like 20, 30 trucks laying on their horns for hours. You would go like, insane. And these people are like stuck inside, like just listening to the, the blaring horns. Like that's yeah. not like a creepy thing yeah. to me. It, yeah. only, it only lasts for a minute. I can but. see where that would actually make Wanda's character even better. Right. Make <laughs> because her actually... she fucking snaps from the right. horn honking. That yeah, would, yeah, yeah. I like I it, mean, Eric. I think that's what they're going for with Wanda is, you know, like just the sequence of events is just pushing her to the edge, but we don't really feel that it's not done effectively. And it just, she just comes across as annoying because everyone's like playing cards and like, you know, gambling with peanuts and uh, you know, and then she just like freaks out and runs out the door, but. You can we made you! a big fan of acdc that's all yeah. it is god it's the acdc <laughs> in this movie man well honestly, you know why they're in this movie right you know why stephen king begged him to be in it no no not only that they're his favorite band right interesting and, and, it, and he begged him to do it and he even sang one of their songs to them to so he could prove to them that he is a fan so that's why they're here but it worked out great i mean it an album named who made I, who made who Bam, yeah. it works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a little too much ACDC for me, but it, it's not bad. This movie is what it is, but I feel like ACDC out of the soundtrack would probably improve the movie a little bit. I don't know. ACDC in this movie just doesn't fit very well. I've never thought it has fit very well. I, I don't know. I like some of the little bluesy riffs when it's kind of slow and mellow going on. It fits. Well, is that ACDC though? Because I believe yes. there's some music that is and some music that isn't no, no, ACDC. In no, this. it's all ACDC, but you got Bon Scott and Brian. Oh, man. All right. Well, we're going to talk about the cast a little bit. Almost famous. I know that, dude. I don't know them. I know her. You, haven't you ever heard of that guy? What, what, that guy was in that movie that was out last year. I'm sort of famous for being almost famous. All right, Jason, it's your movie. You go first. Well, I'm not going to pick the guy that everybody would think because I actually think he's too famous because he's too well known. So I'm not going to pick that guy. And I know okay. that's one of you guys are going to say his name because y'all love the show that he was on. Um, shows he's on yeah he's on two shows mm -hmm. oh man i got two here that i really really like you just said bubba well, yeah i do like pat hingle because i mean he was played uh commissioner gordon Com commissioner gordon commissioner in all the batman 
Yes, he was in Brewster's Million, Hang 'Em High. I mean, he had a long list. But uh, I like him. But I actually like the guy that played Handy. Uh, what's the name? Frankie. Frankie Faison. Faison. That's yeah, mine I mean, as well. Dude, mine all too. the Silence of the Lambs movies, Manhunter, yeah, Man Luke Cage, and the Coming to America. Yeah, Langoliers. Other Stephen King. But I mean, that's the two I was gonna go with. I figured all y'all would pick the other guy. So. Giancarlo Esposito. I didn't yes. even realize that was him, so I didn't pick him. Holy yeah. shit, that's what I was talking about earlier. I had to point him game. out. I had to point him out to Ginny in the movie too. I was like, hey, you know that's Gus Fring, right? And she's like, No. <laughs> I remember like kind of looking at him. I was like, is that somebody? I'm like, nah. But it was. I mean, it was somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shoot what uh Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, Mandalorian, The Boys. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, that's Not- why I said I think he's too famous because everybody knows him now, especially from The Mandalorian, if you didn't know him from Breaking Bad. Yeah, I mean, well, those are just TV shows, not to mention all the movies the guy's been in. Yeah, too, so. yeah, other movies is like usual suspects and all that stuff. So that's why I thought he was too famous. I think he famous. I think he is the perfect person for this this little segment that we do that has gone to like he he was almost famous. famous. Now he's gotten famous. Like he's at that point now, like yeah. He's kind of a household name at this point. Yeah, I mean, when you're in a Star Wars movie and you're a central character uh, at that point, yeah, you, you're famous. Mm-hmm. You can't walk out into public at all. So, I mean, well, Breaking Bad was such a big thing on TV anyway. I mean, I'm pretty sure even back then he had a hard time. So. Well, I mean, well, the thing about Breaking Bad was is he made an impression on that show only being in it for what? I think he was only in it for two seasons, maybe three. You know, Better Call Saul has revived that, but... He yeah. came in, it, you know, around the halfway point of Breaking Bad, and really made an impression in the in the time he was in it. So, so what do you think? What do you got, Jenny? I put Yeardley Smith. Yeah, because she's not like traditionally famous. Right. I mean, if you're a Simpsons fan, you know that's right. who she is. I I know her more from this movie and Legend of Billie Jean. Billie Jean. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I'm sure she's done other things that I've probably seen, but those would be as the good two. As it gets. I don't yeah. remember her in that. She was in either. City Slickers. I haven't seen that. But that's the thing is, I, I think the other two, uh, Pat Hingle and I think Frankie Faison is probably Faison. like a good one because he's such a yeah he's such a recognizable face and he's been in so much and like a ton of television. Dude, I just um, remember him coming to America. He's the guy that owns the apartment yeah. building. He's the, he's yeah. the landlord. I'll tell you what. I'm going to let you boys stay in my apartment, and I'll move up here. Does your apartment look poor? Yeah, it's a real shithole. You'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely probably going to be the one I would go with is Frankie Faison. Pat Hingle, of course, you just know him as Commissioner Gordon, so... Yeah, wasn't he like the only character that played a reoccurring him and the guy that played Alfred? Him and Alfred, yeah, I think yeah, they were the ones in all four of them. That's weird. Why even do that? Just recast him. Eh. Mm. Lazy. Lazy. <laughs> well, I, okay. Well, I I didn't put her down because I don't think she's very well known, but I do want to talk about Brett in this movie. I think Laura Harrington, the young lady who plays Brett in this movie, is the Worst fucking actress I've ever seen. Wow. Wow. In, a, in this movie, you in think the, she's, I mean, in this movie, she's not the worst actor. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you put her next to Yardley Smith, and yes, that's a competition, but I can and at least. like 90% of the other guys in the film that are just like yeah. freaking 
warm bodies on set. You've got a point there, but <laughs> but still, like every time I'm seeing the only the only time I'm really responding to her is, is in the car with the preacher guy. And, you know, when she's really, you know, being stern with him and, and telling him that she's not going to put up with his shit. She's not even stern enough. Right. But later when we get her to the to the truck stop and she's pining all over Billy and just kind of some of her reactions to things are so terrible when I forget what it is. When something goes down, somebody dies. Her and Billy are having this conversation in the back of the truck stop and she's like, I'm scared. And her reaction, her acting in the whole fucking part is just like, like, I, I don't like her in this at all. I don't Tell me how you guys felt about her, but that's my opinion. My, I my mean, big thing wasn't really her acting. It was just the fact that somewhere between the beginning and the end of this movie, which doesn't take place. What's so like the full, it's like a couple days or something. Yeah. It's only like two days. Like <clears throat> by the end, her and, and Bill, Bill, Billy, Billy. Uh, some people call him Bill, don't they? Yeah. Bill, they do. Bill, I keep wanting to say Bill, but anyway, uh, they're like a couple, you know, mm -hmm. like they're like, mm -hmm. hey, babe, you know, what are we doing tonight? You know, like it's like it's been two days you've been trying to survive. Like I get like the hookup, but like mm -hmm. they act like they've been together for a long time. It's a little unusual. Yeah, well, he is just out on parole. I mean, he ain't had a woman's touch in a while. So, <laughs> you know, he's like, hey, you know, I just even like that part. If I put my arm around you, <laughs> yeah, see, I you're going like to stick me with that. I mean, he asked for consent. That's yeah. Yeah. true. Yeah. I well, mean, because she's holding a freaking razor knife in her hand, yeah, you better goes, ask for consent. You're going to end up like John Wayne Bobbitt. You don't stab with these. It's more of a slashing. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. You don't stat. You don't stick somebody with this. Yeah. Mother's okay, little I, helper. I guess I have to give her that. I mean, she's at least smart enough to know you slash with it and not poke somebody. Okay. So Amelia, uh, you know, Billy is a dumbass. Then. <laughs> Billy's. The I had I had another uh, another person actually. I just forgot is um, the guy that played Brad Leon Rippy. Oh yeah, yeah. The Brad that's. It steals the ring at the end. He's like yeah, the last yeah. victim. Yeah. yeah, all right. Yep, you're He's right. He's been in a lot of stuff. You know, The Fugitive, uh, uh, The Patriot, 13th Floor, uh, Universal Stargate. Soldier. Yeah, uh, Universal Soldier. He's been in a lot of like that kind of stuff. Young Guns 2. Yeah. Do you remember um, his part from Young Guns 2? He's the one who shovels the shit into the uh, pit. <laughs> I don't remember that, no. We got plenty of it. It's been a long it. time. Raw <laughs> Deal. Um, yeah. Yeah. Color purple, Firestarter. Yeah. I mean, he's in a yeah. lot of movies, and he's got that face that's kind of recognizable. It's he definitely stands out to me. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I still think we're going with uh, Handy. Yeah, Frankie Faison. Frankie yeah. Faison. He's like, I want to be my uncle. <laughs> right. <laughs> just seems like, like a nice guy. He just seems like a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, he just seems like a nice guy. Well, I mean, in, in uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs and all the ones where he he plays the guy that helps out at the hospital you know right. he's always that guy uh, what was his name barney yeah in that mm -hmm. yeah i mean he always played the likable character yeah he's a so. likable fellow the, the, you know we've talked briefly about deke going through the town and seeing all the people that have died and that's whatnot. another good scene like i know not not all of like the the dead like body scenes or the whatever are totally makes sense to the theme but mm -hmm. that's kind of creepy like Again, a very Stephen Kingy thing, like a kid on his bike in the neighborhood. Everyone's dead, and he's going yeah. through, and it's like a, he's just witnessing one horror after the other. And 
I like him riding around his bike. I, I was, you know, it makes me think of riding my bike as a kid. Like if, if shit went down, I would get, get my bike. That'd be the first <laughs> thing I do. I get my damn bike so I can get out of here. <laughs> but it goes again to the thing about how does this work? If it only affects machines, how do the fucking sprinklers cutting on and off? That's just a valve. It's yes. Like- I mean, there, they, it, it doesn't make sense, but I like the, I like the mood of the scene. It's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. creepy. Yeah. It, it just, if, if the, if the deaths, in the scene made more sense to me, I would be able to go with it a little bit better. It's just when sure. I'm look when I'm watching someone who's been strangled by an electrical cord and it makes no sense and I'm watching sprinklers right. going off in tandem with the music, it just all like <laughs> Right. Did the cord just like coil up like a snake or something and just right. like wrap around yeah. her? Like how does this I re- work? But I think the main death in here that works uh, on this whole thing is you see at the very beginning there's a guy with a chainsaw buried in him. I could see that. It's like they're showing the hammock. You got to look past the hammock. There's a guy in the next yard with a chainsaw right yeah. through him. Uh, and then the lawnmower. I could see that because it is another gasoline engine type thing like the trucks. Right. And it could run over somebody and kill somebody. And then I found out about that. That caused, is it the cinema for, cinematographer to lose an eye uh, that lawnmower did? Oh, yeah, like yeah. Threw, threw a piece of something up at him. and Yeah, threw a piece of wood because yeah. Steven, they, he, they told him to take the blades off. But Stephen King warned the realism of the blades, and when it ran over a piece of wood, it shoved it in his eye, and I think he ended up suing him for like $18 million. He wanted the realism of the blades. You can't even see the blades. We should have put the, the eye shot in the movie. I mean, yeah, you know, no, it was only cocaine. You lemons, you make lemonade. Let's get a shot of this guy's eye with a piece of wood in it. There you wow. go. <laughs> Sacrifice for the art, man. I yeah, think Eric would fit right in and... Uh... That one movie, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Nightcrawler? Yes. Ah, uh, okay. Couldn't think of it. But that's what I do after we record. I go out and try to record car accidents and stuff. And murders. And- it's fun. <laughs> it's just a hobby. One thing here about Hendershot, we've talked about how much of a piece of shit he is, but when Deke finally does get to the to the Dixie, tr- the Dixie Boy truck stop, nobody will tell him what's happened to his dad. Mm-hmm. And Hendershot just blatantly goes out and says it. Yes, he could have been a lot more, you know, delicate, delicate about it. But nobody else was fucking telling the kid his dad was dead. Like, I can at least respect the fact that he had the balls to tell the kid his Give dad. Give it to him straight. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dead. Your dad's dead, kid. It's a tough break yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Saying, yeah. What does everybody think about the noise that when the trucks kill you? The, the chalk, 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 chalk. <laughs> I kind of like chalk. it. I kind of like it. I don't know. By all accounts, I shouldn't like all the stuff I'm liking in this movie, but I did. I, <laughs> it just scratched the right itch for me. I don't know. Like it's. I I realize. I mean, there there's things I definitely don't like about it, but honestly, like at this point in cinema, in in whatever, like I'm just happy to watch real cars crash into real things. Yeah, you got a point there. That's true. I mean, there are yeah. there are a lot of crashing cars in this flipping cars uh you know the cars going off the the bridge and like that kind of stuff and god it's just refreshing to watch like an old car crash (laughs) got it yeah i want some retro car crashes here yeah it's just metal crunching and it's there's no cgi and it's just i i know we still do car crashes i know not everything's cgi but there's a there's a realness that you feel when you watch these older movies oh yeah just it just feels more tactile it feels you know feels well, I watched, more raw i watched one of the behind the scenes uh things on the blu-ray featurette and 
it talks about some of the things they did to get some of these shots. And yeah, like um, nothing was remote controlled. Everything was people that had to be tucked behind a seat or behind a curtain and driven. I actually with- saw a hand one time. Did you guys catch that? I didn't catch the hand. It was when the, the truck was, is like a- approaching uh, Emilio Estevez and like getting in his face and kind of like walking him back. Oh, he's, oh the, the gas truck. It, he's the giving, gas you truck. can see a hand on there like. He's giving him the come at me, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got a problem? The gun, the one that the, the little dinghy that's the guns on that's a guy underneath it driving it Mm. and the 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 tractor that approaches with that thing is if you notice on the yeah the 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 bulldozer if you notice the back of it has like a little i don't know like a little box or something behind the driver's seat and that's where the guy was in there driving it i i knew jason was going to correct you when you said tractor because we've been through this with with tremors and i don't give a fuck (laughs) stop fucking it up get it right (laughs) I love when the bulldozer shows up. I'm just like, oh, shit, bulldozer. It's it's funny you mentioned Tremors because this was a better movie when it was called Tremors, too. (laughs) Another, like, logic thing that's frustrating is the gun. It's the worst. I already... The worst fucking thing in this movie, dude. Yeah, well, it's just like the gun can... Is not aiming up or down. It's literally just... Yeah. Right? I mean, you want to talk about Breaking Bad. (laughs) <laughs> like and, just duck and walk up to the thing and like right. take the bullets out of it or something like you're done the thing that makes no fucking sense about this at all is the, this thing's mounted on top of a bar a bar that just simply is for it to swing around on has right. no mechanical motor in it whatsoever sure. yeah. it is simply just there to hold a gun in place yes. there's no fucking way that gun would be moving on its own yeah the gun is on a swivel at the yeah. top of a stationary pole yeah right well if if the if the car can change gears and all that stuff without somebody but then again, it, it raises the question: Why doesn't the bi- why isn't the bicycle sentient? If a gun is sentient, then the bicycle should be sentient too, because it's it's a a non electric, you know, like yeah, a- and, analog machine, you know. And in uh, that sense, okay, why aren't all the guns in the basement of this fucking truck stop just going firing off, off. <laughs> yeah. killing or everybody, exploding, or yeah. just the grenades blowing up, blow up the whole place? The fucking rocket launcher, like he's carrying the rocket launcher around inside the truck stop, it could yep. just go off by itself and blow everybody up. Like, yeah, the, the rules don't make any sense in this. Now, movie. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the rocket launcher thing, because about a year ago, that is the saddest moment on film because he blows up a whole truck of TP and everybody in the world was needing TP. <laughs> Come on. When you see that, I mean, let's go. Let's rewind a year. There's probably people that would be cry. <laughs> it's our most coveted resource and you blew it up. <laughs> It's different now, doesn't it? It's the scariest part of the film. Yeah, there you go. But I mean, really, when I was watching it this time, yeah, and I saw him blow up the toilet paper. That's my immediate thought is all the people at Walmart that were buying all the toilet paper seeing that happen and they're freaking out, <laughs> probably thinking it's real that all the toilet paper is gone. It just got blown up in Wilmington, North Carolina. Yeah, that was the saddest and scariest part of the whole movie in our current times. So Deke is Deke is a smart kid. We we learned this with the the catcher's mask, and he's he knows Morse. So he's yeah. He just he he we're, we're communicating with the cars now, and we basically make a deal with them that we're gonna load up your gas because you've been driving in circles for no reason uh, around this thing, using up all your fuel for no reason. So you want us to fill up your tanks. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Then we just keep filling up tanks for a while. 
Plus, the this thing- part is weird. Like, I just don't understand. Well, I mean, you got everything going on. Remember, they shut the power off inside because they knew that they could do that. And then the trucks are circling, trying to keep them there. But while this is going on, like, they, they, they have become sentient to each other, too. They're like talking i swear to god they are like yeah, with the yeah. lights flashing well that and then, one's like calling other trucks yeah, to come because you saw when yeah stuff. when when connie and curtis were coming to the truck stop they passed all these trucks headed one way so it's like they know like like are there not other people at other truck stops that are trapped that could put diesel in their tanks or do we all have to go to the dixie boy because when all this goes down with you know, the machine gun and the bulldozer showing up and the bulldozer clears out the couple of the vehicles that they had blown up uh, so they could get to the pumps. I mean, (laughs) they're just all there. I mean, why are they all coming there to get the diesel? (laughs) The other thing that I'm sorry, I I gotta, I gotta go back to it. The other thing about this fucking machine gun that is so problematic (laughs) is it runs out of bullets. Like, yeah, the gun is going to run out of bullets and it ain't fucking reloading itself. (laughs) Just, uh, you know, throw, throw something out to distract it and have it fire all its bullets. And then you're home free from Mr. Machine gun. Like, unless it's a gun owned by Rambo and he never runs out of bullets. I thought that was Chuck Norris or Chuck Norris Rambo. Either one of them, they never reload. Right. (laughs) They shoot a whole village of Vietnamese. It's a very Rambo gun. If we're being honest, that might be the Rambo, the same. I'm not a gun guy, but um, how about when, when they climb through the the sludge and, and Emilio gets, gets it in his mouth. (laughs) talk about and I it. love that the guy goes how's it taste <laughs> it's, like, it's like I don't think in any situation if I saw Eric crawling through sewage and fell in I don't know if I would have the balls to go how did it taste man <laughs> I know because just... Eric would probably reach back grab you by your beard oh no you tell me <laughs> into the water you go you go a mouthful of it just taste it just taste the, the shower did. pee taste the shower little, pee Curtis, Kurt's little like jokes and stuff are not hitting like he's like Connie's annoying yes like nails on chalkboard but he's like he's making these little like quirky like comments and stuff and they're just not funny none of them none of them I'm sorry I love those little comments he makes especially when we first meet him and she's like I gotta go the ladies and he goes can I come in and watch it's like it seems like something like a little (laughs) a little like Christian couple that just got married and are about to have sex for the first time (laughs) like he's like oh can I come in and watch like he thinks that would be sexy or like risque or something like I don't know I find some charm in that for some reason (laughs) the only thing i will give curtis is like i think he's at least like he has some nobility because he's the first one to jump up and when he hears somebody getting hurt he's like i'll go out and help save this guy like he's he's got oh no you won't (laughs) don't make me a widow on my wedding day but there's a there's a man out there dying it's gonna be a man dying in here (laughs) (laughs) what a waste of space (laughs) Well, this is a perfect time for... You're going to need a bigger quote. <laughs> Jason, your movie, you start. Oh, wait, we need taglines. Oh, yes. Jason, oh, your, your movie, give me taglines. Tagline. Uh, who made who? 
evil's wills. Yeah. I don't really even like the who made who stuff. It doesn't it 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 doesn't like conceptually work for me. Especially yeah. the the waitress like, "Lady, you didn't design any trucks." The only good you thing You can't even work the hot the, the, the only good thing about the who made who thing is her going, "You can't. We made it." <laughs> And the dude, but it's not even just that. It's her delivery with the body language. Yeah, oh, dude. like she's convulsing as it's she's. It's weird saying. when she goes out there because uh, that one of the guys goes to grab her, and and Emilio just grabs him. Like they had plenty of time to grab her. Yeah, but they gra- uh, he grabs him. Is like, no, don't go out there to save her. And yeah, like, dude, let her fucking so die. She needs <laughs> yeah, like, to go away. Bill wants what? to save everybody, but but her. He's like, no, no, no she can't. She can't yeah, no. work the. My skillet, my my, uh, you know, my skillet's dirty as hell. Whenever she covers for me, I just had a couple eggs on. Oh, By and I don't get out. It's a complete mess. Yeah, maybe she did. He didn't care for her. I'll get back to the taglines. But there was a part in the movie where they walk out and you see Mr. Hendershot zipping his pants up and she's buttoning her blouse. Yeah, she was fucking oh. Mr. Hendershot. Yep. I yeah, I missed that. Yeah, so maybe nobody really cared for her because you know end of that. Okay, all right. The other taglines: the day horror went into overdrive. Sounds pretty good. Oh, that one's all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, and this is the one that's gonna, yeah. Stephen King, the master of terror, directed by the master himself. <laughs> I don't think you can only use that as a selling point one time. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, like you said, he's totally distanced himself from this movie ever since then. Okay, quotes. What we got? This machine just called me an asshole. <laughs> that's a good that's, one. That's uh, a good one. My first note. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do my... I got this one because it's a nice long one. And if you don't get your hand off my leg, you're going to be wiping your ass with a hook the next time you take a dump. I never heard no talk like that when I was a boy. I like when Hendershot says, I got to wipe everyone's ass around here. <laughs> you know, I also noticed that, you know, Bubba Hendershot, he calls everybody Bubba, too. That's what I said earlier. Like Everybody's in this movie is Bubba. They should just name everybody Bubba. Ridiculous. When the uh, when the baseball coach is trying to get the sodas and there's an issue with the machine in the background, one of the kids goes, "Uh oh, no sodas." <laughs> <laughs> and then when the one hits him, he's like, "What the hell?" <laughs> uh, one of my f- well, this is one for some reason that has stuck in my vocabulary that should tell you something but uh, is Bubba Hendershot <laughs> uh, I think his buddy Bubba who, the, the guy who's always walking around following him Joe, in his that's fucking Joe. cigar Joe's like what's going on he goes fucked if I know Bubba <laughs> fucked if I know <laughs> and I say fucked if I know all the time <laughs> Uh, was Connie and Curtis getting erect? And he says, I think I just loaded my pants. Ginny yeah. <laughs> <laughs> laughed out loud when that happened. Good God. It's funny when he gets up after the first time he gets hit by a car. And he, you think he's dead and he just kind of gets up and he's like, I'm okay. Just, no, he's wa- know, like he's walking towards Connie and he looks like a fucking zombie. <laughs> <laughs> he's filthy and disheveled. He just got like hit by a car and, he, and then he kisses her and Jenny was like ooh gross she's got fucking like grease or something all over his face <laughs> nasty somebody says I hate those fucking trucks yeah I thought that was a good line <laughs> oh, 
One of my favorite parts of the movie, though, is in the morning when the machine gun uh, thing pulls up and the tractor goes into the uh, building and whatnot. That one guy comes out of the double doors and he's yes. drunk as fuck. He goes, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but breaks both windows. Yeah. I fucking love I'll, that I'll, shit. All right, here's, here's Brett. This is her uh, Oscar winning line. Tell you something. You sure make love like a hero. <laughs> Yeah, all the hero stuff was a little fucking gross. <laughs> um, speaking of Hendershot, you, sir, without a doubt, one of the biggest fuckheads I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. When talk about him being insensitive, it said Duncan got scrubbed by one of those big boys out there. Tough break, kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, nobody else was going to fucking tell him. That's, I'm sorry I hung up on that, but Jesus. Yeah, give uh, the guy a break, you know? Yeah, Hendershot's a good guy. I mean, he's, he's just... a good guy when you get to know him. <laughs> oh, here. The, uh, the other good long one. All right, you bastard. Tell all your friends the main line is open. I got the best shit on the East Coast practically uncut. That's, you got that fuck face? <laughs> yeah. It's fucking stupid. He's, like, talking into the ear of the thing, like... I don't know. It's just fucking dumb. Yeah, it is dumb. I mean, it's funny though. Like it's it's dumb funny. I mean, if you if you can watch One Crazy Summer and laugh at some of that garbage, you, you should oh. be able to laugh at at, at no, Emilio Estevez no, no, like no, talking no, no, shit no, to no, a truck. No, 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 no. Nose to nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nose too to much. nose with a truck, like being like. You got a problem? There's you got a problem with me? He's like literally talking shit. To there's the too much of, of a fucking sense of reality here than there was in One Crazy Summer, my friend. You have to at least admit that. I, I yes, but I mean, I think maybe you know, there's more in- intent than you're giving it credit for, or than you're, you know, realizing think- or or something here because some of this stuff is just so silly. Like, yes, it's played straight, but I don't know. I guess for me, yeah. a lot of it is just about being madcap crazy, you know? Yeah. Now, come on. I wrote this one line down, and this kind of t- uh, encompasses all of Brett's acting abilities because, I don't know, is it weird when people drop the name of the movie in a line? Oh, yeah. Especially when it's done as fucking disgusting yeah. as it is here. It's like what well, he said, but she was supposed to be going to Florida. He says, that's what I was doing before every machine in the world went into maximum overdrive. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think I think my label for this movie is disgusting. I think I've said that word about a hundred times. Uh, I don't know. We're at, <laughs> at some point, Emilio Estevez says Jesus is coming and he's pissed. That yeah, was I don't even. I didn't even understand that. Yeah, what's he mean? I don't know. What does that even mean? I don't even know what that means in the context of of what was going on. Oh, and uh, the best quote, it actually is from uh, Joe's ass for the Foley shitting sounds. (laughs) Oh, my God. Dude, when he's talking to Billy, just that. He's mid shit and Billy won't yeah. let him finish his shit to to talk about the the weapon stash, man. Cash. But I mean they, they kept it real. He's on a toilet and he you can hear him oh, shitting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a great city, shitting scene. Yeah. One of the all-time great greatest shitting scenes. Yeah. Put it up there with Dumb and Dumber, uh Austin Powers. <laughs> Who does number two work for? Jesus Christ. All right. Well, I want to point out one thing. This is two Stephen King movies that we have done, the, you know, the running man and mm. then this of his books that both have flight of the Valkyrie, you know? 
Oh yeah. <laughs> I remember watching I was watching this when the plane was flying over and I was da, like, da, 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 da. Jason brought up Flight of the Valkyrie in the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, really? Wow. It's not the fact there's two movies in a row, it's that they were both written by Stephen King and they're in here. So. Speaking of the plane, I Oh dude, I, the plane was awesome. I love when the plane's just stuck in the in the, the, the school bus. Yeah, he yeah. killed the kids. More yeah, kids just, dead. Yeah, more dead kids. And it, <laughs> this guy loves killing kids. God. And yeah, I mean, we are talking about kids. Stephen King. <laughs> what would have made it better is on the back of that Happy Toys thing with the uh, clown on it, and it, it, it would have been better if it said, uh, like, Derry, was that Pennsylvania, or where yeah. it takes place? Yeah. Or Maine. Yeah, yeah nice Derry, little, Maine. Yeah. It would have been cool if he had that on the back of it, being that's the hometown of Happy Toys. So that would have been neat. That would have been I cool. Would have been neat. A little tie in there. And, you know, because of the Green Goblin face, it could have been a Pennywise face. Mm. I don't know. I still like it. I saw like the Green Goblin. So, but uh, yeah. Where are we at? Like Deke's already there. He made it through there. They they go to rescue uh Bible salesman guy. He's dead. I have something else about. Well, Brett. he's not dead. No, no, he dies when uh because they he got dies out after that. Yeah, well, no, he says, pull me out or whatever. Yeah, but then he dies. Then he does die, yeah. Yeah, that, that they don't really do a good job of explaining that there. He's grabbing hold of Deke, and then when Billy and the other guy come come out of the drain, the other guy's just like, oh, he's dead. Like, he just died in the middle of trying to be pulled away. It, it was yeah. just... Yeah, he just died. They could have kept him alive because the truck pulls into the ditch immediately after that, so they could have had him just get hit yeah. by the truck right there. Yeah. But again, uh, even the truck driving over the thing into the ditch, I'm just enjoying trucks crashing into. Yeah, stuff. the dumb truck, and and, was, and if you think about it, it wasn't the fact they were trying to kill them. They cut off that passage for them to yeah. escape. Yeah. So there's, there's, like I said, they're smart. They're sentient. They're thinking. What, they're working what I'm together. Not understand. I mean, I guess I do understand. They want them to pump gas for them, so that's why they're not, they're not just immediately killing them all. Yeah, they right. know that so, they have to have fuel to move around, do whatever they're going to do. Right, but once that. Once that's over, you know, we, we, he finally takes out the machine gun car, which was Again. easy, of course. Yeah. I, uh, it let him walk right up to it and push it away. Like, yeah. <laughs> it completely. Yeah, like Josh said, just hit it. Bam! It completely just fucking makes no sense. <laughs> and it's spinning. Oh, God, I fucking love this movie. They level the thing. We've got a, we've got a plan to get out. Everyone. Well, the thing off. is, is he has this revelation of we can go get on a boat, no engines, no nothing. It's like, dude, just find a car. It doesn't appear that anything's wrong with the cars around here because none uh, of them I, are coming to life. But but they did because the, they passed those cars that were wrecked on the side of the road. The headlights were flashing. And in the neighborhood, there was a woman with her head crushed in the power window. Uh, well, there's another one with a guy with something in the window of a car, too. Yeah. That's what, but that's the point I'm getting to is not all okay, cars. You're not making logic here yeah. like if if one car is killing somebody then all the cars should be killing people it's like oh only certain cars with this particular catalytic converter are affected by the comet that's going by right now like it makes no sense at all well not only that when you walk into the woods you're fine because none of the cars can drive in there yeah just stay in the woods but lawnmowers and uh backhoes and tractors can yeah all right fine <laughs> what, if, what, what if you had like a skitter you know like a a, a you know a shear that goes through and actually cuts trees down for logging. What if you ran into that motherfucker in the world? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, or, or a, or a, a, a hairdryer. 
Or hair, a straight hair dryer on a, a two thousand foot extension cord, <laughs> flying hair dryer <laughs> with flight of the Valkyrie playing. Da, 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 da. That's it. All of the electrical appliances in the house gang up, connect all their cords together, so like that Voltron. way they can. They, <laughs> yes, yes. Why didn't we not have transformers in this movie? They all connect their cords to make appliances across America. <laughs> yes, we had. Hands across it like he was talking about 1986. There you go. Oh, God, like this it. movie gets better the more we talk about it. But this is probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when they do get out and the trucks just start destroying the whole freaking place. You know, yeah, that's J- fun. Jenny was a little confused because there's the one scene where a truck pulls up and stops before it gets into the truck stop. Right. And she's like, well, what's stopping it from going all the way through? I was asking that the whole time. Like, why don't they just blast into this thing? But There's guess- a drop line that, that Billy says is when... It's got a basement. Yeah, he's like, if the trucks come in here, they're going to crash through and go into the floor, and they're not going to be able to do anything. That's yeah. goofy. Yeah, it's it's a thro- it's a throwaway the line. Know that exactly. You're well, how did, you are speaking through Morse code. Hey, how okay. did how did they know to block the culvert where they were going in and out of to keep them at the truck stop? They know Hello. language. Yikes. Yes. Bigger question is, you know, this he says the aliens are cleaning house with the yeah. broom, right? The yeah. broom line. And but like, why would the computers say "fuck you" and you're an asshole? <laughs> like that's not <laughs> like I get it. They're just wanting to like cleanse the earth of humanity but like why would they insult us first they, you know, like hey fuck you work you know but also it's kind of less a broom and more like a Roomba situation yes <laughs> it's an iRobot we need this movie again in modern day with like modern day hey, hey speaking of that technology his son Joe Hill has mentioned that he would like to write and direct a remake of this. He has expressed yes. interest in it. Dude, yes. if it was a horror comedy, I would be on board. Yeah. I think it could be done better, especially with how much we rely on technology today. Yeah, it's even more I, of a I think it would be us. yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I still yeah, would like yeah. to keep some of the aspects of like you said with the trucks. That's well, that's scary. I mean, because we already have your cell phones trying to kill you with basically the Terminator series of computers are trying to kill. Skynet did come to mind while I was watching this. I mean, Stephen King did write a book about your cell phones killing you. So Right. Yeah. And this is all coming from the master of horror. And you say remake. Now, this was remade for TV. And I watched the movie. Because <laughs> I, I do my that. research for this podcast. And I was like, oh. I got to watch this. I've never heard of a remake or a TV. It's not called Maximum Overdrive. It's called Trucks. They based it closer to the book. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. And in that one, it takes itself way too seriously. So that's the one thing I will will say. And and, and like, again, like I'm just having fun here on a podcast. But like I, I do enjoy watching this movie because it's so fucking silly and makes no sense. And it's got great lines in it. And then you've got something like this where they're like, oh, we made a misstep. Let's let's remake this and follow the book closer. Well, th- this thing just kind of plays itself way too straight, way too seriously. It, it makes has a l- way better tagline, though. What is you it? You turn, you die. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That is a good one. <laughs> way but, better. Way better. But I do. I mean, it does have a little bit more of a sense of creepiness. And, and like in that one, only the trucks are affected by what's going on. So trucks are the only thing trying to take. What about SUVs? Out. What about crossovers? That 
that is not touched on. It's what just about El trucks. Caminos? Oh, oh, it's El Camino is a car and a truck. It's like the Daywalker, <laughs> <laughs> or a, it's a Subaru Baja. The uh, <laughs> I will say the way it ends, though, I do quite like, and I'll go ahead and spoil it for you because you don't really need to watch this movie. Okay, and thank you, Josh, for saving this. There are three people left at the end of this movie two adults and a child, one female, one male, one child. And they finally get to a place where the trucks aren't chasing them and they get into a plane, like a plane, or no, I'm sorry, not a plane, a helicopter lands and it's like oh they're coming to save us they think it's a rescue team and they all shuffle into the helicopter real quick and as they're flying off they're hugging each other oh we got away and they look and no one's flying the helicopter oh and the movie ends like dun, 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 dun. i like that i, I do I'm, i like that <laughs> yeah yeah the sequel like. could be called helicopters <laughs> <laughs> Helicopter. <laughs> this time it's going to the sea in submarines. <laughs> yeah, at the end of helicopter, they escape onto a boat, and there's no one driving the boat. Like, but speaking guys, of boats, it's Billy's bright idea to go get on a sailboat where that has no motors, and he's heard of this island where there's no mechanical vehicles allowed on the island whatsoever, and that's going to be their safe haven. Yeah, is this like the Amish? So like an Amish no. island. I don't know. I, I kind of think the Amish be, are fine during this. Uh, yeah. This, <laughs> the Amish yeah, are sitting comments. back just laughing. Yeah, they're just like, sitting at home going, look at all these stupid assholes getting killed by their vehicles. <laughs> yeah, My the Amish hum- take over the world after this. Yeah. Yes. There you right, go. I'm going to go churn some butter. <laughs> I'm going to go build a barn with dowel rods and a wooden hammer. I'm good. But uh, the thing is, is do we got get a sense of like Dawn of the Dead here? Yeah. For Let's sure. hop on a sailboat and go to an island. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dawn I mean, of the De- Dawn of the Dead did it better. Yeah. But when I saw that, that's exactly what popped in my mind is uh, the whole Dawn of the Dead thing. Get on the, now, see the. Well, no. not, not only that, I mean, like other, other, um, other zombie movies, they escape on planes or helicopters and things like that. Well, the, the original like a, Dawn of the Dead, they get away on a right. helicopter, and then in right. the, yeah, Day so. of the Dead, they escape in a plane, right? I don't remember. It's been a little I, while I, since I've I'm seen. I'm going Dawn of the, the Dead. Yeah, I'm going Dawn of the Dead, the new one where they got I on know the boat. Ta- I know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, yeah we yeah. got on the boat, but I'm just saying, like, it's kind of a, a you know, speaking of Romero, like, yeah, it's kind of very similar to the end of a zombie movie yeah a lot of zombie movies don't you guys think this last act happens way too fast dude they haul ass from the dixie boy to the marina yeah like it it happens in the snap of a finger and i'm just like oh well that was yeah it's a little like time to wrap up the movie Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it was kind of like uh stephen king was on his last hundred grand he needed some more cocaine let's fucking wrap this shit up (laughs) i got shit to buy to shove up my nose but I mean, we get here, and I liked it. What's his name? You mentioned the, the actor that goes back. We see the dead woman Brad. with her, the ring. Yeah, Brad. And I love the shot of the truck. How did we not hear an 18-wheeler pull up and park? <laughs> it's just sitting there. Well, how does yeah. he not hear him drive up to him? Like, he had so much time to run away from that truck in the time he turned around yeah. and saw it. And how quickly it hit him it makes no sense. Yeah, people do not react quickly enough in this film and we get our final chunk 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 <laughs> i love that and then uh, how's it in it's easy uh let's just shoot a, the last remaining rocket into the mouth of the green goblin yeah. yep movie's yep. over I mean, it's We're a great it's a good explosion get a big boom 
And uh, blowing up the they, Dixie Boy is pretty good too. I like yes. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole um, Dixie Boy destruction scene is fantastic. I like how they grieve Brad for about four seconds. They're like, oh no, Brad's dead. Brad's dead. Like, Yay, we killed the truck. <laughs> Let's go. And apparently <laughs> the Dixie Boy was erected specifically for this movie. Yeah. And they had trouble with real trucks stopping in thinking it was a truck stop while they That's were funny. filming. Yeah, they had to put something in the local papers. This is not a truck stop. (laughs) Did you know what else I read about this movie? They were shooting this movie at the same time they were shooting Blue Velvet. It's like Jason does the same exact fucking research I do because I have the same note here. Hey, hey, dude, did we not say I'm Chainsaw, you're Dave. We share the same brain. So uh, what's the relevance? Uh, that well, they were all there, and there were not many places to lodge. So all the production crew and the cast were sharing and hanging out after a day of filming. Oh wow! So and they were talking about here you have maximum overdrive, and here you have blue velvet. <laughs> so That's you got David Lynch over movies. in this. You got David Lynch over here going, <laughs> "I'm making a real movie over here." <laughs> you think Stephen King and David Lynch like chatted it up? Yeah. Oh, that's what man. I'm saying. That's, I mean, can you hit? That's what I'm saying. Them two were yeah, probably hanging two, out, like having dinner together. That must have been an interesting snorting thing. lines of cocaine off the stripper's ass or something. Honestly, I don't know. I've, what if? <laughs> <laughs> what if David Lynch is a Stephen King character come to life? <laughs> because I would believe that at the drop of a dime. Like David Lynch is someone that you would fucking read about in a Stephen King book. <laughs> oh my gosh! I got we got to we got to make a movie like being he's John not Malkovich. From Maine though, it doesn't say yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, he's from like middle uh, middle America. I think we should do a movie like in the vein of being John Malkovich, but it's Stephen King writing the character of David Lynch, and <laughs> David Lynch comes to life. I think that would be great. Very very meta. A chance to play with some meta stuff here. Oh. But all right, well. This is a horror movie, lady and gentlemen. So, talk kills. Jason, your movie, your turn. Uh, well, I'm kind of gonna go. I mean, I got a, a ton of them here. I'm just gonna name off a few, but I'm gonna do one and let you guys do it. I'm gonna go with the plane and the bus with all the dead. School children. <laughs> do That's, we see? Do we see any dead kids? No, I don't know. Just, it's a, you know that the school bus was going down a row with kids. There's a the why else would the plane crash into I it? Think, I think we need a confirmation that there were actually children on the bus. What about the driver? Either way, somebody got bus killed driver. by a Nobody's plane driving. Dive, it, the the plane wouldn't dri- attack an empty bus. Sure They're not would. attacking each other, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Come on. They're, Unless, all vehicles are friends with each other. You yeah, know, the, yeah. All machines are friends. Yeah. Come on. They're like buddies. We're hanging out. We're having some motor oil after yeah, work. That's why that truck hit Curtis and Connie's car and ran because, it over multiple but, times because, because they're buddies. Because the car wasn't working with them. He was against the system. That's what it was. Oh, one was a Decepticon and the other was a fucking Optimus yeah. Prime. Yes. Autobot is the term you're looking Thanks. for. I was waiting on somebody to correct me because Transformers are fucking stupid. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, we're sorry for all the people out here who have, considering most of the people who would listen to this podcast probably like Transformers, be it the old 80s cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is, we're not talking about... We're not talking about the movies. We're, we're talking about talking the cartoons. About the here. Those things are shit. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, what do you got? Uh, yeah, go ahead, guys. I'm going with Bubba Hendershot. It's not a gory kill. It's not anything in particular. He just gets gun, gunned down by the machine gun, but I'm happy to see that <laughs> motherfucker dead. So that's my top kill. Jenny. Soda machine gun. Yeah. Yay! I, that was right here. I got it right here. Yes. Soda uh, machine. Uh, that I'm, was going to be mine. So my, my runner up is uh, Steamroller Kid. That was yeah, my number yeah. three. That's my runner-up. <laughs> Steamroller kid. <laughs> uh, what is it with all the kids? <laughs> Actually, the 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 dad that gets hit by the truck, that's kind of a nice hit, too, because it, it it's a nice shot. Like, it's kind yeah. of like the body kind of explodes. There's a lot of blood. It's yeah, when, when Duncan gets hit by the big trick, he got killed by one of them big boys out there. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? I mean, well, shoot, you got all these deaths right there in the freaking neighborhood. I mean, I kind of like it, you know. I like music. I like that the guy got killed by his freaking Sony headphones. That doesn't make any sense to me. That that one. But still, it's still it's like still it. cool. I agree. No sense. And that's the point. Crap. It doesn't have to make sense. All right. Well, was that it? That's it for me. There's not a whole lot of like standout kills in this movie, in my opinion. I mean, well, you got like you said, you got all the other ones. I mean, it, hey, I like the that, video game room death. But coming up now, you're talking about Bubba Hendershot. What about when annoying whining Wanda got gunned down? I don't know. I'm I'm more entertained by her than I am just disgusted by Bubba Hendershot. So. Yeah, I can agree. Or uh, when he kind of dies, when the, the truck runs into the uh, salesman guy, he later dies from his injuries. Mm-hmm. So that counts as a death. <laughs> so that was a he good one, He later dies from his injuries. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Moment. I know exactly what you mean. It's just it's funny. All right, now one question I have. They're leaving in the sailboat. Yes. Where is all the... I'm looking around. I don't see any trees blowing or nothing. Most sailboats, which we... Have a motor. Went over in one crazy summer. Yeah. Have an engine <laughs> in the back of the sailboat. And that yeah. thing is trucking along. Are they not using that motor to get out of the marina? They got Deke with a paddle on the side. He's just yeah. paddling away. Another thing I wanted to bring up about Brett is... She's very handsy with him throughout this movie. Did you guys notice that? With who? With Deke, the kid. No, I did not notice. One, that. Once he gets into the, <laughs> once he gets in the truck stop, her arms are all draped over him the whole time, and she's, she's like he's, grabbing he's his shoulders. Trying to and, be like protective of him. Yeah, she's trying to be the mom character, dude. His dad he's, just he's got died. no parents, man. Yeah, I don't know. you're weird. No. Where's your mind, bro? Yeah, he might have to have Billy and her might end up might end up like take care of him. No, that's weird. He, she, What's he, weird is they gave him a machine gun. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> and he shoots the freaking drive-through uh, speaker. <laughs> How many of us have wanted to do that in our lives? <laughs> humans, to- here. humans here. Humans here. Humans here. Humans here. Humans here. Him or the girl from Running Man? I'm sorry. One more time. Like, who would you trust more with a gun? Deke oh, or the girl from The Running Man. Deke, Ooh, Deke. Deke. yeah, Deke he uses co- his effectively. The girl from The Running Man, dude. He's a country kid. He's been yeah. probably shooting guns since he was little. Right. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with that. Fair but do we, but we do find out that uh, Billy was kind of right. Uh, remember the Russians shot down a UFO, mm-hmm. right? With their weather sa- with their weather satellite that had nuclear weapons and a laser cannon. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. So Checks it really, out. so was it a comet or was it just 
aliens trying to take it over. Like he said, the broom or in Eric said the Roomba to wipe us clean so they could take over Earth. The, in the remake, the dialogue there will be a Roomba. <laughs> DJ like Roomba. <laughs> DJ Roomba. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The good, the bad, the ugly. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'll do it for you since you didn't do it since I picked the movie. Well, it's your movie. It's your go. Good, the bad, and the ugly. No, because I like the movie. You guys go first. Well, I want it from Eric, who's never seen the movie. All right, Eric, go for it. Fine. Um, good. I like the drawbridge scene. I don't care what you guys say. I like real cars falling. I like oh, real... the watermelons. <laughs> I like watermelons. I like watermelon gore. I like people falling through windshields. Uh, that's good stuff. I also like Joey's poop farts, pooping noises. <laughs> It just made me laugh. I don't know. I, maybe I'm a child, but I just it cracks me up. Uh, bad, uh, just the overall logic of the film, and ugly is Bible salesman talking with his mouth full. Mm. Yeah. All right, Jenny, you want to go next? Uh, the good. It was really funny. Like, I mean, <laughs> I laughed a lot. I will say that for this movie. Uh, the bad. Connie screaming and yelling for like the whole movie. One of my favorite, I'm sorry, real quick. One of my favorite scenes is when they're crawling down into the, the to the, the oh. sewer tunnel and that guy is listening to her, like feeding her through the tunnel. And he, like the look on his face is just like, I'm going to fucking kill this bitch. <laughs> he just looks so mad. I'm sorry. Um, and the ugly is just the creepy ass Bible salesman, period. Another very Stephen King thing for the truck to run over the Holy Bible suitcase as it drives away from him when it hits him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got some feelings about yeah. organized religion. All right, uh, we'll let Jason go last here. The good for me is the Green Goblin truck. Yeah. I, mean, I think that is the best, the best, like, prop, whatever you want to call anything in this movie. Like, that is the one thing that stands out the most, and I think it's the best thing about this movie. That and uh, Wanda going, You can't! We made you! <laughs> I think I that's that, pretty good. I thought that would be your ugly. <laughs> <laughs> the bad in this movie is the fucking machine gun stuff. It's fucking terrible. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Awful. And uh, the ugly is Laura Harrington's acting. I don't like her acting in this at all, so that would be my ugly. All right. All right. Uh, my good, uh, just the childhood nostalgia of watching this movie. I like I said, and Josh mentioned, I watched this so many times as a kid. I liked it. I liked the trucks. Uh, of course, me and Josh share the same brain. The Green Goblin truck is the best part of the whole movie. Uh, I mean, if you're into Spider Man and big truck shit, that was two and one right there. Two and one. Two and one right there. So, uh, I never, like I said, I loved the movie as a kid and everything. But if and you I, say you don't have a bad, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Oh no, I got a bad. No, no, I got a bad. I got a bad and an ugly. Uh, my bad, uh, or the bad for it is. It's all right, bro. Go ahead. 
King should stick to writing and not directing, and he has obviously realized that with one movie. Uh, maybe he should have you know, cut off the cocaine and just let Romero go ahead and direct the whole movie. It could have turned out better. Um, I think maybe using the darker somber with the with some of the campy, maybe a good even mix of both the book and what he wrote for the movie would have been better, but obviously he didn't do that. Uh, my ugly is Hendershot, piece of shit. The Bible salesman, piece of shit. And glad they both died horribly. So <laughs> that's it. You know, I think Stephen King has now directed again, though. I believe he solely directed Lisey's story, which is on Apple Plus. That's the one we started watching, that, right? We started watching it, but you weren't into it, it doesn't seem. So I'm going to finish it because that is like a very highly ranked Stephen King book for me. I will say when we watched, we watched, I think I, I think I watched two episodes with you and that show, I don't really know anything about the story or the book. I haven't read the book or anything, but from what I've seen of that show and the way it's, it's made and produced in the writing and whatnot in it seems like it would come straight off of the page of a Stephen King book. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lisey's story was not directed by Stephen King. It was not. No. He wrote the screenplay. Yeah, he was uh, executive okay. producer and writer. Okay. Yeah. So sorry. So but, yes, maximum overdrive ruining for the ever. He yeah, is never going to direct okay. again. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our conversation about maximum overdrive. Jason, did you have fun talking about your favorite movie of all time? Uh, I never said it was my favorite movie of all time. Um, you fucking love this movie. You won't shut up about it, and we're not watching it again. So this is the only episode you get for this movie. <laughs> hey, it's it's my makeup episode for Life Force. Yes, I said it in this episode too. <laughs> That's all right. I can edit it out. Ooh. <laughs> but you a bitch. Okay. <laughs> All right, everybody, we want to say thank you for listening. If you've listened this far, you're an awesome person. Make sure you give us a review, a star rating, a like, a subscribe, whatever on our social media. Uh, follow us on YouTube, all that good stuff. And until next time, be kind. Rewind. Rewind. It's over. Shut the fuck up, Bubba. Take us out with uh, Joey's poop farts. You've been listening to the VHS Files podcast. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and drop us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast. It was fun. <laughs> Send your questions, comments, and movie suggestions to VHS Files podcast at gmail.com. Using one too many movies. Don't you blame the movies? Follow us on all social media outlets at VHS Files Podcast. Movies don't create psychos. Check out our YouTube channel for more content. Movies make psychos more creative. <laughs> Thanks for listening. DJ Ruba, the horror film. Welcome to the movie of the week where we go back in time and we look at. See, there you go. More than meets the eye. Down the cellar. Jason's like Stephen King. Brevity is not his strong suit. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King takes 10 pages to describe one wall. Yes, we need Joey's poop farts right there, like subliminally. In
I need some nice poop farts to take us out. Talk to me, Joey. Everything. He's got everything. Now go and leave me alone, Billy.